Morning, morning, ladies and gents. Welcome. Saturday. Oh, my life. It's Saturday. It's the weekend. I can't say one of the last months in November. Could be the second from last month in November. It's Professor Johnson. It's writing. It's scripture. It's proclamation news and governance. We started this year um, just before ending in 2018 in PNG. Uh, no, we started with PNG in the start of 2019, January. Last year, we was called Paternalistic National News. Paternalistic National News, I mean, how can one man come up with all this optimism? I mean, this year we'll be called PNG, haven't we? Proclamation News and Governance. How can man, one man come up with all this optimism? Headlines for journalists, ideas and creations. It's philosophy, epic episode. It ekes out the defensals within humanity. It's uh, optimism, flair, charisma, characteristics, pride and passion, creative mind. It's one man behind the hidden microphone. The microphone is, quite frankly, my proximity. We look at both tabloid and broadsheet. Expertise, scripture, radio presenters, tyranny speakers as we listen in. It's amazing how we can actually come together today on FM radio, on Proclamation News and Governance. Doing more for God today than did yesterday. Um, so please give me some acknowledgement, encouragement to do more for God than I did yesterday. Tomorrow I'm going to do more for God than I did today. Because quite frankly, no matter which you decide to go with, if it's tabloid or broadsheet, tabloid is like a daily mirror perhaps or broadsheet newspaper articles such as Daily Telegraph, for instance. It's not all fictional facts in both papers, but propaganda. A realistic journalist hardly exists in today's modern world, such as you see me inside UK Parliament writing a full dialogue of the lineup of today's infrastructure and welfare at state. Of a mind full of optimism, a brain absorption like a sponge. If only I could afford to attend it every day. I'm already margins ahead of Jeremy Corbyn. What a complete monstrosity and sh shambles. He was an MP for Labour Party, was an MP of North London in 1983, when our famous Red Fox, Margaret Thatcher, was Prime Minister in 1983. We had the Battle of the Falklands, we had the, the Gulf War, we had. Remember the bombs going off in Argentina, which was to do with the Falklands. He's trying to take back the Queen's land. The Queen's given land. Ha ah, ha, do you reckon that's why Corbyn wants to ban fox hunting? Strangely, strangely but also very peculiar. He may have wept for Miss Thatcher, the red fox, as I just uh, subscribe past this. <laughs> Call it legislation dialect on the radio of Proclamation News and Governments. Yeah, it's quite peculiar, but yeah, realistically, let's be, uh, <laughs> think about the circumference of the actual show itself. In this case, We'll let the fox hunting slide for Mr Corbyn. He does have his good good bit uh, of votes and his bad. A lot a lot bad with his tax accumulating the workers, the working people. It's Professor Johnson, stay tuned. If it's bona fide conservatism you are then you are after, then look no further afield. What's bona fide conservatism mean? You want traditional, you want genuine people. Bona fide is genuine. Traditional is conservatism. Stay encouraged and give me some acknowledgement. This is so very peculiar. I mean, when talking, 
in this man's concept, words cannot describe his 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 hidden agenda. I mean, yeah, Jeremy Corbyn, calling Corbyn a terrorist, a sympathizer, is just a way to prevent awkward questions. Labour leaders draws fire because he doesn't want to go along with double standards ruling the UK's relations with foreign powers. Last week, we see Jeremy Corbyn was brand a terrorist sympathizer by a heckler in Glasgow who demanded to know where his Islamic Jihad scarf could be found. The moment, gleefully covered by the writing press, lost some of its luster when it emerged that the Hecker, a Church of Scotland minister called Richard Cameron, allegedly had a back catalogue of, of Islamic, Islam, Islamophobic and homophobic tweets, but the Reverend's terrorist sympathiser insult did not come out of nowhere. I mean, David Cameron, then serving as Prime Minister, denounced Corbyn and his colleagues in precisely the same terms he opposed airstrikes in Syria in December 2015. And Boris Johnson accused Jeremy Corbyn of seeking to legitimate of act, uh, the actions of terrorists in his speech after the 2017 Manchester bombing. Johnson seemed confident that the public opinion would share his view of Corbyn's speech as absolutely monstrous, but polls suggested that the majority of people agreed with Labour leader that terrorist attacks on British soil were connected, at least in part of the country's foreign policy. The terrorist sympathiser label appears to be as subjective as the word terrorist itself. Much of the criticism directed at uh, Corbyn focused on his relationship with Sinn Féin in the 1980s and 90s. As in the realms of my upbringing, yes, I was, I was one in 1984. I was born in 1983. During the 2017 general election campaign, Boris Johnson tweeted a photo of Corbyn with Martin McGuinness in the 1995 design his claim to have never met the IRA. In 1989, what happened in the 1989 with the IRA? The Great Maze Escape, didn't it, wasn't it? Oh, um, what else passed legislation in a tutorial review? It was a spy catcher. I mean, do you think I'm reading this little script or do you think it's just optimism on top of my head? I'm sitting outside Appleby's chip shop in Hatfield, Hertfordshire. I'm reading this of the, the memorable thoughts of reading the legislation dialect. We're talking about optimism, flamboyant. I mean, we're talking about sponge-like brain. We're talking about Professor Johnson. And people say, why is he a professor? We're talking about tibia fibula. We're talking about femur patella. We're talking about sports science. We're talking about legislation. We're talking about understanding people you can trust. You cannot trust this man. By the time that photo was taken, the Sinn Féin leader, Gary Adams, had already shaken hands with the then US President, Bill Clinton. Two years later, McGuinness would be a guest in Downing Street. It has been widely protected that Adams and McGuinness were still members of the IRA's army cancer at the time, but Clinton, Tony Blair and the unionist leader David Trimble had held talks with them. In their capacity as Sinn Féin politicians, a distinction vital for the entire peace process. While successful, successive Prime Minister insisted publicly, publicly that they would never talk with terrorists. There was an in fact discreet contact between British government officials and the IRA throughout the conflict. William Whitelaw, the Secretary of the State in Northern Ireland at the time, even negotiated directly with the IRA leadership during the truce of 1972. 
pragmatic considerations trumped any sense of moral outrage. Corbyn's critics insisted that this record of engagement with Irish Republicans is very difficult because he supported their political goals. It's quite true that leading voices of British Labour left argued before Irish unity in the 1980s, much of displeasure of unionists in Britain, Northern Ireland and the like. Corbyn himself wasn't a prominent figure at the time and became an MP only in 1983. Yes, year I was born. Ken Livingstone, the head of the Greater London Council, where I am today, was much better known and his comments on the Northern, Northern Irish conflict attracted a great deal of the controversy. If a support for the United Kingdom made Corbyn a living stone in, into fellow travellers of the IRA, by the same logic, those who defended Union with Britain share their political objectives with the loyalist parliamentarians responsible for hundreds of deaths during the Outer uh, Troubles. The argument of guilt by association can easily backfire on those who deploy it. The Labour leader has also faced sharp criticism for meeting with representatives of the Harmers in 2019. But by even Mike Grapes, the former Labour MP, who is one of Corbyn's fiercest critics, had called, called for talks with the moderate elements of Hummers in 2002, and Tony Blair later described the boycott of Hummers after it won the 2016 Palestinian elections as a mistake. I mean, Blair himself met in a private the Hamas leaders Khalid Meshar and Ismail Hania only for four years ago. And while Corbyn expressed regret for using the term friends in reference to delegates for Hamas, after it elicited an indignant response from critics. There was no such outrage when Conservative and Labour politicians referred to the Saudi royal family as valued friends. Allies and partners of the UK in the course of parliamentary debate on continued arms south of Yemen war, which those MPs have supported. It is certainly difficult to imagine a consistent set of principles for a prospective British Prime Minister. That would put Hamas beyond the pale, yet allow for a close relationship with the Saudi Arabian monarchy, given the UK support for its war in Yemen, which was killed tens of thousands of civilians, of course. Violence against civilians. Violence against civilians from the idol-inspired massacres in France to deliberate targeting of civilians in Yemen. In a crime, all circumstances, in all circumstances, but the way we talk about terrorism is like an actuarius massacre and the uh, application of a terrorist label by government has always been arbitrary and self-serving in the 1990s. Mark Thatcher and Ronald Reagan denounced the African National Congress in South Africa as terrorists while supporting their insurgent groups elsewhere with a record of violence against civilians was incomparably worse for Angola of Afghanistan, Cambodia to Nicaragua. Right, we're talking about the men's rehabilitation. I mean, are these psychomotor state of people doing this mass massacre of actorias? Yes, manslaughter. With intent, will they get absolute imprisonment for the absolute disturbance? Or is it just a political war that's got, got an outrage to cause these civilians uh, absolute monstrosity? to take their livelihood away from their families and loved ones. The Clinton administration initially branded the Kosovo 
Liberation Army, the, Q, the KLA as a terrorist organisation, before enlisting it as an ally against Slobodan Milosevic. In recent years, the US and the UK have kept the Kurdistan Workers' Party, PKK, on their list of proscribed terrorist groups, but accepted Syrian groups closely linked with the PKK as partners in the war against ISIS terrorism. In this sense, it's simply the use of violence of, by non-state groups, without the blessing of the US State Department. We're going over to the next episode. If Corbyn had been willing to internalise this value system and its peculiar set of taboos, he would have attracted much less controversy in his time as Labour leader, but the foreign policy consensus works much better when it doesn't have to be explicitly articulated by those who support it. Insults such as terrorist sympathiser. What's a terrorist sympathiser? So is he sympathising for the terrorists while they've done it, maybe? Are meant to discourage awkward questions about the double standards that govern Britain's relationship with the outside world. Danielle Fien is a journalist and historian from Ireland and author of One Man's Terrorist, A Political History of the IRA. It's proclamation news and gatherings. I mean, we're just talking about Actorius. An absolute astonishing Actorius happening previous days in Wickford in Essex inside an Actorius case. Grace Millen. It's a murder trial. A trial that gripped a nation. It's guilty. The intake of breath. My hearts and condolences go out to the Grace McMillan family. A sob for the dead woman's mother. A single word was that all it took to bring to an end of one of the most highly publicised murder cases in New Zealand's history. I mean, we have three weeks of evidence, hundreds of hours of painstaking police work and a year of grief for a family had built up to the moment 12 juries agreed that a 27-year-old man had murdered Grace Millane. What had started out as a missing person inquiry in December 2018 when a daughter, sister and friend failed to respond to 22nd birthday messages swiftly turned into a murder investigation. Ironically, disturbingly distraught left her friends and family to a devastation. It's proclamation news and gatherings. What are your thoughts on this weep, weeping family? They must be welted at the eyes or the sore eyes, the discoverance of the drips that subside down their face of tears. It's atrocious, astonishing. Why are these murders happening to these young youth or young adults? Why are they happening? Actorius all over the globe. Within days of her uh, disappearance, police had identified a suspect, spoken to him, and unbeknownst to the killer, tracked his movements by trawling through CCT evidence. Before long, police would find Miss Mullane's body, which he had stuffed into a suitcase and buried into the mountainous Waitakere uh, ranges. There followed an outpouring of grief from a small nation unused to such crimes. 
The, back, the backpacker's body was discovered in Husbands outside Auckland in New Zealand. Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern issued an apology to Miss Millane's parents, David and Gillian, saying, your daughter should have been safe here. She wasn't, and I am sorry for that. Miss Millen, Millane from Whitford, Essex, and the man who go on to murder her made contact for a dating app and to hit off immediately. This week, you'll be careful with your children on social media. Young adults, young um, children are getting abducted by absolute monstrosity of humanity, excrement human being like disturbance like Jimmy Savile human excrements it should be beheaded bring back the beheading or electrocution act she was in Auckland as part of a round the world trip while he had been living there for working in a various sales job it was clear from the footage they enjoyed each other's company they were close they kissed Miss Mullane even messed a friend back home to tell her how much she was connected with him the pair were seen getting on well at various locations in the city. They returned to his hotel. But after she left the lift, she was never seen alive again. There he strangled her before taking pictures of her and watching pornography. He claimed she died accidentally during a consensual sex. Despite his murder conviction, her, killed, her killer still cannot be named. A court suppression order remains in place and it is likely to do so beyond his sentence on January, uh, February 21st in part of because level of interest in the case. It's reported on trial has proved challenging because the defendant could not be armed. The CCTV footage had to be blurred and there uh, were legal disputes over some pieces of evidence. Several witnesses also had their identities protected. Absolute distraught for the family. You want them to be named and shamed. You want them to be broadcast. You want them to be in tatters in the, in the prison. Being starvation, absolute deprivation from everything, even blood and water. You want to shed back them tears in pain and anger. To get back your daughter, get back your loved ones. Because of the nature of the killer's defence, Miss Mullane's parents had had to listen to claims about their daughter's sex life with the details reported across New Zealand and around the world, around the globe. Graphic information in particular regarding the night of her murder was analysed as Mr and Mrs Mullane watched out in court, watched out in a judiciary, watching the legislation as their tears subside, subside in pain, in distraught, in anger. At times Miss Mullane would look at the floor or hold her head in her hands and as the jurors uh, inflicted on her daughter were described. University of Lincoln graduate Grace Mullane was on a round trip of the world, a trip at the time of her death. The prosecution accused a man of irritizing Miss Mullane's death by taking intimate photographs of her body and looking up pornography while she lay dead in his room. Absolute disturbance to the family, I should quite imagine. In a way, he imagined to do the same during her trial with his story about consensual sex gone wrong, a tale rejected by the jury, leading to focus on BDSM and breath play. 
experts, Tinder dates and ex-lovers were all brought to court. Talk about the killer and his victim. I mean, we're back here, aren't we? Uh, Tam and Tongs, blazingly back here. Hammer, hammer and tongs. Bang, bang, bang. Yes, order, order. Order in proclamation as the government's judiciary. Tyranny speaking, Professor Johnson, with a brand new flux edition. I said yes, yes, yes and yes, it's proclamation as the government. With its usual proposal in UK politics. What, what is it? UK's BBC Question Time leader special who came out on top. Where a host, hostile Sheffield audience greeted and grilled the Conservative Labour Lib Dem and SNP leaders. I mean, who's, who are they? Boris Johnson, Conservative. We have Lib Dem, Joe Swinton, Nicola Sturgeon, SNP and Jeremy Corbyn. All under the spotlight. Overall pitch, Boris Johnson. He's only been in power for 120 days, so please don't blame him for other Conservative governments. Even when he served in them, other than that, the same well-drilled attack lines on an end to austerity and delivering Brexit. We've got Jeremy Corbyn, a sensible pragmatist, not the social firebrand or of tabloid reputation. His broad message was that Labour will stake as a middle ground on Brexit, with a new key line on him staying neutral in his second referendum. Always sit on the fence, isn't that ironic? And invest heavily in vital infrastructure and public services, or uh, public services. Also, putting up your tax money, extortionate P uh, workers' tax money is going through the roof if he takes the leadership. Joe Swinson, Joe Joe Swinson, Lib Dems, anti-Brexit, anti-austerity, hostile to Johnson and Corbyn. Swinson tried her now familiar pitch, but was regularly forced onto the defences by an often beleaguering audience. She gave round a ground when needed, for the example, on her voting record of the Collotation government and her aspiration to be Prime Minister. I mean, what are your thoughts on the election? I mean, Joe Swinson, Nicola Sturgeon, Jeremy Corbyn, Boris Johnson. Like I said, Boris Johnson's Conservative, UK government we're talking about now. Jeremy Corbyn, Labour. Joe Swinson, Lib Dem and Nicola Sturgeon, the SNP, Scottish National Party leader. Nicola Sturgeon, that's what we're going on to next. Proclamation News and Governments with Justin Johnson, Professor Johnson, quite frankly, for a domestic audience, suitably stern on independent issues for those elsewhere in the UK seeking to come across a reasonable and human voice of a modern, non-exnophobic sort of independence. Going over to the best lines of all four of them, best line of the quote of the day, None in particular, and that would be the Conservative plan as a front-runner, the Prime Minister did not use to set out to wow the audience with zingers. Merely fit out his allotted hours with an unexciting, news-repelling repetition of key Tory slogans. Perhaps not so memorable, but in confirming Fiona Bruce's question that he would stay neutral in a Brexit referendum, Corbyn will hope to have put to bed the Conservative tack line that he is refusing to say which side he was back in a second vote. Joe Swinson, I recognise that things have got much more challenging since Boris and Nigel Farage cooked up a deal to stitch up seats between them. I get that is a big ask. A clever pivot from Swinson in conceding her early election talks of becoming Prime Minister might have been overcooked. She is definitely cooked, well overcooked, well overdue. The bun's in the oven and it's burning. 
Nicholas Sturgeon, have heard Jeremy Corbyn, do you think he's going to walk away with the chance to end this austerity? To protect NHS, to stop universal credit, simply because he wants for a couple years to prevent Scotland to have the right to self-determination. Scotland do not like Labour whatsoever. They never have and they never will. Sturgeon is sceptical at Corbyn's insistence. He would deny an independence vote for the first few years of Labour government, even if he is relying on Scottish National Party support. I do like Nicola Sturgeon. We had our ups and downs, but I've seen a better light, a better district coming from the realms of Nicola Sturgeon. Absolutely amazing response. The strategy began going to back to Boris Johnson. Keep it boring. Johnson kept it his usual, just a minute style method of trying to run down the clock with a long, tedious answer, trying to bore the audience into, if not acquaintances, then a lot, uh, at least torpidity, torpidity. We're going to Jeremy Corbyn, polite to a fault, a vunculia responsible seeming Corbyn, even at the point of Brandish Labour's grey book of election coastings. He was at plans to thank every questioner and comment maker for the, from the audience, even the hostile ones. Joe Swinton was strategy Swinton set out as largely sidelined by an immediately and co consistently hostile audience into which the question time research had seemingly forgot to invite the Liberal Democrat supporters who battled hard and delivered lines competent, competently but it felt like a like an uphill task. Nicholas Sturgeon seeking to appear as an old adult in the room. Policy wise Sturgeon's approach was largely dictated by the audience, focus on specific aspects of independence. She sought to deal with them evenly, but as an issue, as with Brexit, most voters are likely to be beyond being persuaded from one side to another. What's the worst moment? A series of questions about the claims of racism in articles he wrote as a journalist. The PM tried as ever to claim elements were taken out of context amount a general defence of speech but got a frosty reception particularly from an audience member who argued his treatment of burqa wearers in print did not speak on some of his supported women. Jeremy Corbyn essentially the first time 10 minutes almost without halt a very much up, up for its Sheffield audience launch questions on his prior back to Orsid Bolivian leader Evo Morales and antisemitism as a misogyny in Labour. One question I particularly pressed Corbyn with a detailed question of Heckin of Jewish MP Ruth Smith as a launch of a report in anti-Semitism. Joe Swinson is in truth. There were quite a few, possibly the worst, of the aggressive questioning was on the policy revoking Brexit in the unlikely event led them to win a majority in the Commons. This is a flagship policy for the party and seemed to win no support. Worst of all, there was a most complete lack of applause for more or less any of our answers. But Nicola Sturgeon, some of her questions of the economic viability fi of the post-independent Scotland and whether it would gain access in the EU concerns, such as deficit, were slightly tricky, perhaps sufficiently te technically prompt, some neutral viewers to nip off to make a cup of tea. Would you really want to gain access to the EU? We're trying to get the Brexit form its unity. Unanswered questions by Boris Johnson. Numerous strategy is to listen to a question and reflect on it briefly and then launch it onto his handful of agreed strategy soundbites. 
as ever, much of his evidence was based on his fairly distant time as a Mayor of London. Jeremy Corbyn, perhaps more of a half-answered question, they noted above Corbyn said he would be neutral in a second Brexit referendum. This does not answer the question which side of that question he would prefer personally. He never, he never gives you a straight, honest opinion or an answer. Always sitting on a fence. If he had a scrotum, it would be, quite frankly, split into two halves like a pancake. Joe Swinson's voters were turned off their TV. None the wiser of that. If any argument, Swinton might come out of their parties. If Lib Dems hold the balance of power. Beyond their reported, beyond their reported insistence, she will put either Johnson or Corbyn into Downing Street. Some of the details of how an independent Scotland would function with their dealt with an in a very vague way, but in fairness to the SNP leader, SNP leader, many of those details would be worked out if the process happened. It's verdict. Boris Johnson and his handlers will be pleased. In part, coming last of the four, Johnson seemed lucky. A feisty Sheffield crowd seemed to have the run out of energy after 90 minutes of a debate. There were some tricky moments, he suggested, but overall we delivered no news. Evaded what difficult questions there were without too much scrutiny and did not face any particular personal questions, such as the number of children he has. I mean, that is too personal for um, any kind of propaganda, any kind of speech on a live show. I mean, how could you answer that unless you have DNA tests done? He's a man. I'm a man. Let's be serious. Jeremy Corbyn, an appearance of two halves, or more precisely, a third and a two-thirds. The start might have alarmed Labour staffers as Corbyn focused on an onslaught of hostile questions on difficult subjects. But the Labour leader did not noticeably panic and as things moved into their subject and friendly voices surfaced in the audience, Corbyn gained ground and ended well. Joe Swinson, ouch, when Swinson argued vehemently to be allowed onto the debates. This is not the outing she was hoping for. She battled valiantly, but whether by accident of those picked to speak are highlighting wider issues of Lib Dem, Swinson face a largely hostile response, a difficult night, most definitely. Nicola Sturgeon, a confident appearance from a skilled politician. Notable when during a discussion of drug issues she's listened to respectfully to a coven addict in the audience and one an applauding by the woman if she could pass on her details the sturgeon could distress the subject of her latter this is all from proclamation news and gavins it's been an epic episode so stay tuned always stay tuned i'm always doing more for god than I did yesterday <laughs>